Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. I want to remind you again that this week we're starting our four-week mini-course on the book of Job, a free course. It includes four video lectures, four group discussion meetings with me and your fellow students on Saturday mornings from 10 to 12 Pacific Time, and open office hours where you can drop in and talk with me personally on Tuesday and Thursday from 11 to 12 noon Pacific Time. If you haven't already signed up, it's not too late. Get right in there and join us in this really great study of the book of Job. You know, I don't want to toot my horn here, but I think the course on Job is perhaps the best course that I've taught on the Bible. But do have a look at it uh, right there on the website, logosbiblestudy.com. Free, whether you're a member or not, open to everyone. Would love to have you there. Now, we left off on Monday on Scripture Uncovered with Sodom just a pile of smoking volcanic ash. Lot and his two daughters were the only ones who survived, who escaped to Zoar and then into the eastern mountain range. And I ask at the time, if God destroys all those people of Sodom because they're unrighteous, what about Lot and his two daughters? They escape. But are they righteous or unrighteous? Well, let's continue our story. Lot went up from Zoar and stayed in the mountains and his two daughters with him, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. And he stayed in a cave, he and his two daughters. Now remember, the daughters were engaged to be married. They were betrothed to two men who didn't go, who didn't leave Sodom. So it's Lot and his two young adult daughters, teenagers. They witnessed the destruction of Sodom. They witnessed what I envision as a volcanic eruption, the earth splitting open and spewing out lava and ash and fire, all blasting into the air and dropping back down as fire and brimstone. And it must have looked to them like the end of of the world. So the firstborn, the elder of the two daughters, said to the younger, Our father Lot is old, and there's not a man left on earth to come into us after the manner of the earth. There are no men left. The potential husbands, the ones they were betrothed to, are toast, and there's not a single man left, and a biblical euphemism, to come into us after the manner of the earth. That is, to have sex with us. There are no men. Come, let's make our father drunk, and let us lie with him that we may preserve our family through our father. Well, there's a bizarre thought. So they made their father drink wine that night, a whole lot of it. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father 
He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. He was drunk. Well, a little night of incest. On the following day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I had sex with my father. Let's make him drunk again tonight. Then you go in and have sex with him, that we may preserve our family through our father. Now, if you were the younger daughter, wouldn't you say, are you out of your mind? But they made their father drunk again that night, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. As for the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. Now, we need to make a note here. Think of a map of Israel, a very small country about the size of the state of New Jersey, on the Mediterranean coast, on the land bridge linking Europe, Asia, and Africa. It has four north to south strata, the flat coastal plain along the Mediterranean, the central mountain range, then the Great Rift Valley that runs through the Sea of Galilee, down the Jordan River to the Dead Sea, and on downward into Africa. And then the eastern mountain range, where Jordan is today. That little patch of land. Israel's traditional enemies in Scripture were Moab, Edom, and the Ammonites. Now, what better way to insult your enemies, the Moabites, and say, oh yes, the Moabites. They're the descendants of the incestuous relationship between Lot and his daughters. Hello, Moabites, bastards. <laughs> well, and the Ammonites, the same thing. They're the descendants of the daughters who had sex with their father. What a great way to insult your enemies. And they do. Now, what happens next? Abraham journeyed from there toward the land of the Negev, the desert, south, the southern portion of Israel, and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he sojourned to Gerar. Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She's my sister. Oh, here we go again. Didn't he do that in Genesis chapter 12 when they went to Egypt and he pawned his wife off, pimped her to Pharaoh? Now he's in hostile territory again. So he said to Sarah, she's my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Now, wait a minute. She's 89 years old. Well, a little willing suspension of disbelief here. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night and said to him, Behold, you're a dead man because the woman whom you have taken is married. Now Abimelech 
had not come near her. And he said, Lord, would you slay a nation, even though blameless? I, I didn't know. Did he not himself say to me, she's my sister, and she herself, he's my brother? In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I, I've done this. I, 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 I had no idea. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this, and I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Same thing happened to Abimelech as happened to Pharaoh. When he did go to have sex with Sarah, well, the equipment didn't work. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he's a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early that morning, called all his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were greatly frightened. Then Abimelech called Abraham and he said to him, What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you that you've brought on me and on my kingdom this great sin? You've done to me things that ought not be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What have you encountered that you've done such a thing? Now, we've had this scene before with Pharaoh in Genesis chapter 12. Now we have it again with Abimelech. Hey, it worked with Pharaoh. Abraham walked away wealthy. But juxtapose this to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. If there were 10 righteous men, I wouldn't destroy it. Well, when Abraham moves to Gerar, traditional enemies of Israel, they're more righteous than he is. So we have a very complex stew of motives here going on at several different levels. Abraham and Sarah go to Egypt. Abraham and Sarah go to Gerar. We have Sodom and Gomorrah in the middle. Oh, the moral irony is stunning. How will Abraham answer Abimelech? Abraham said, well, I did it because I thought, surely there's no fear of God in this place and they'll kill me because of my wife. Besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she's my, my half-sister and she became my wife. So I wasn't really lying. And it came about when God calls me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, this is the kindness which you will show to me everywhere we go, say of me, he's my brother. What a lame excuse. What a shallow lie. Abimelech then took sheep and oxen and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Settle wherever you please. To Sarah, he said, Behold, I have given your brother, your brother slash husband, a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, 
It is your vindication before all who are with you and before all men that you are cleared. I give you this. I give it to Abraham in token of my honesty. Well, at least we have one honest man around here. Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and his wife and maids so they could bear children. Well, the equipment works now. The Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the household of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. What a strange interlude in this story. It casts Abraham once again in a, an unflattering light. Abraham, the great patriarch. Abraham, the con man and manipulator. Hmm. Then the Lord took note of Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. So Abraham and Sarah do indeed have relations, and Sarah becomes pregnant at 89 and bears a son. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah had bore him, Isaac. Isaac means laughter. Remember when God said, I'll be back next year, and by then your wife will have a son? And Sarah laughed. So they named him Isaac, laughter. I'll bet they nicknamed him Chuckles. <laughs> then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah was 90. Abraham was 100. Good for you, Abraham. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. Anybody who hears that a 90-year-old woman got pregnant and bore a son will laugh. And when they laugh, They'll think of little chuckles, Isaac. She said, who would have thought that Abraham and Sarah would nurse children? Yet I've borne him a son in his old age, not to mention mine. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. A child was weaned typically around three years old. So three, four years go by. Isaac is weaned and there was a great party because now he's drinking goat milk and eating solid food. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, mocking. Hagar is still in the household. There must have been tension in that household. It was Sarah who brought Hagar into the house as a wife for Abraham, and she became pregnant, and she gave birth to Ishmael. Now, 
Ishmael was 13 when he was circumcised. He's 14 or so now. Teenager. Mid-teenager. How's this going to play out? The jealousy in the tent of Abraham is searing. There has to be an explosion. And sure enough, we'll see that explosion on Friday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Bye-bye now.